the number 61 team in the country headed into next season out of the Mountain West is the UNLV running Rebels. Second year head coach Kevin Kruger looks to elevate UNLV this year and potentially finish maybe even as high as second in the conference. Tune in to listen to everything about the running Rebels and hope you enjoy the show. The 61st best team in the country going into next season is the UNLV Running Rebels out of the Mountain West Conference. Kevin Kruger entering his second year. Of course, the son of Lon Kruger, the Oklahoma coach that had a ton of success there, was at a a Final Four. Kevin's team this year, probably not going to do the same, but still, still a solid squad, and there's a lot to talk about with them. Bryce Hamilton left. He was their best player last year, one of the best players in the Mountain West. But Donovan Williams, who declared, came back. They got Elijah Harkless to transfer in from Oklahoma. You have have that Kruger connection, of course. And then Eli Parkett, another big piece, comes in from Colorado. David, your early thoughts on the running Rebels. You know, I was telling you before the show, I don't really like them that much. But I think you have them actually lower than where I have them. I have them exactly at 61. Yeah, I have them at 63. Well, I think I have like teams like Butler, Iona, teams that we've done already ahead of them. Um, it's not that I, I think I uh, UNLV is necessarily a bad squad. I just don't think there's, their ceiling is as higher as some of the other teams that we've evaluated so far the past five or really so. We think there's there's a lot of a hope for them. And, and, and to a certain extent, I do for UNLV as well, especially in the backcourt. But overall, I think this is a – pretty average team in a rather weak conference this year. Obviously, Colorado State's going to get worse. Wyoming should be the clear favorite to win the Mountain West, in my opinion, at least. San Diego uh, State? No. Oh, oh, completely forgot about them. I, You know what? That's I think me. Wyoming's a very clear second, though. No, no, you're right. It's San Diego State's a very clear favorite. I just completely baffled on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're at the top, the two of them. Yeah. And I don't know who three would be. I think you then get into probably UNLV and Colorado State are your next two. I'm trying to think if I'm blanking on, any, on anyone. Um, Fresno State could end up being all right um, as yeah. well. But, yeah, I think UNLV has a – they're solidly like the, – the Mountain West, the top two is are pretty clear. And then – Yeah, they're that, both – you know, they're both going to be tournament teams. I don't think – there's many people who don't believe that. Both San Diego State and Wyoming will be tournament squads. I think the question is just: is there going? Is it going to be a three-team, a three-bid conference? Obviously, last year, you, uh, Mountain West was historic, had a ton of great teams. Um, yeah, I don't think they can replicate that success this year. Yeah, I, um, I don't. You're right about that. The Mountain West isn't as good this year. Um, UNLV last year, they started playing better towards the end of the year. They were at no point. In the, in the discussion for an at-large. But they were the team that went into the Mountain West tournament last year, and everyone was kind of saying they were the sleeper in that five spot behind mm-hmm. the four the four top teams. And I, I think they're probably that role again this year heading into the season. You know, they, they played pretty well towards the end of the year. They won at Fresno State, who had yep. one of the – 
probably the best player in the conference in Orlando Robinson. If, if, if it wasn't David Roddy, it was him. They, they beat Colorado State by 21 at the end of Huge. the year. And then, the, and then they also beat Wyoming um, at, the, at the end of the regular season before losing to them in the conference tournament. So this is a team with, I think, maybe potential. Depends how, how well Elijah Harkless replaces Bryce Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And excuse me, Martin. sorry for that. Um, Harkless projected to average 14 points a game on Torvik was a key piece for Oklahoma last year. Oklahoma probably makes the tournament if he doesn't get hurt. He's back. He's healthy. He should be the best player on this UNLV team this year. Yeah, I like Harkless a ton. You know, I liked him at Oklahoma. Um, a similar guy who who transferred out west last year is a guy like Davion Harmon. He went to Oregon. I think the two of them have a ton of similarities. Uh, I, however, I think Harkless is going to have actually a better season than Harmon did. Um, I'm, I think that Harkless has all conference potential, um, and, and could average, you know, some really high statistics, not just in points, but just all around. I think he's a complete player and I think that Harkless have a good year for them. Yeah. He, he the last game he played on the year was dis, uh, excuse me, February 15th, his final five games of the season, all were in double figures. That includes the 19 point effort he had in the loss at um, against Texas in overtime, mm-hmm. a, a game in which he also had five steals. So a, a player with, with solid defensive potential as well. And his backcourt pairing with uh, Jordan McCabe, who is yeah. kind of bounced around to a couple different places. He was at West, West Virginia. McC- McCabe is known for his uh, mixtape at tw- at when he was like 12 years old. That was, that was on the local Wisconsin, Wisconsin network. He was a very good AAU player, played playing for Wisconsin Playground. And now he's the point guard for UNLV this year. Not going to score a ton. Maybe a nine, eight, maybe eight points per game score. But he'll take care of the ball. Should average around four assists. And, yeah, he'll, he'll distribute. Jordan McCabe sounds a lot like Jared McCain, buddy. And uh, both are were amazing high school players. Both have very popular TikTok pages. And I do think um, they're not similar anyway. I think McCain's awesome. I don't know McCain so much. Um, no, but J- Jordan definitely, you know, is a guy to look for this year. Him and Harkless could prove very, very solid in that backcourt for UNLV. The questions lie, I think, in the rest of their roster. And that's where it becomes a little scary on where is this team going to score the basketball? Where are they getting production um, from a variety of guys? Yeah, and Donovan Williams is the interesting one for me because he started his career at Texas, um, was a a high major basketball player, didn't play much, decided to transfer, ended up at UNLV, averaged around 13 a game last year. Obviously, Bryce Hamilton was their leading scorer who averaged like 21 a game. He, He was an elite scorer. And Williams is a guy that, you know, he shot 43% from three last year. He shot 48% from the field. Not Didn't have the greatest free throw shooting year, but also grabbed three rebounds a game. Like, uh, he's a guy that, with Hamilton gone, I expect him to get a lot more touches and yep. probably be maybe a 15 point, points per game score up, up a couple points from last year. You're hoping for that. You're hoping for that for sure. 
Yeah, and like this is Donovan Williams is a guy that like he went and tested the NBA waters. Mm-hmm. So we we know he's capable of some of the stuff. He only he only played twenty two minutes a game last year. That and that's my and that's my worry is like, can he become a star? You know, mm-hmm. can he become? I always say all conference player, but that's always my fallback. But can he become a very reliable player for UNLV? We both think uh, we both think so, and I bet many others will as well. Question is, I mean, we got to see it on the court. Yeah, Williams, the guy that he had one hundred and two point eight offensive rating last year. Not mind-boggling numbers. Um, like dude, Bryce Hamilton took thirty nine percent of the shots when he was on the floor last year. Like yeah. <laughs> that's absurd. So, th- th- like. Getting Harkless in was good. Getting Williams back was maybe even better. But, like, there are a lot of shots to be taken from other guys this year. And that's something that is going to be interesting to watch out of the gate with UNLV. A couple transfers for them come in as well. I mentioned Eli Parquet from Colorado, who is a guy I really like. um, Really effective guard. Uh, Luis Rodriguez from Ole Miss. And as well as Isaiah Cottrell. Cottrell's the most interesting of the three, I think, because he's going to start for them, and he's their starting center. Stan 6'10", really struggled at West Virginia. Yeah. Freshman year. Really struggled. We'll see if going down to a mid-major league, like playing against Big 12 bigs versus Mountain West bigs, is way different. So we'll see how much. Yeah that kind of impacts them. You know, you're, you're getting a quality of play downgrade, but more importantly, you're getting a coaching upgrade. And, and I know you hate Huggins a lot. Hello? Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I just wanted to confirm that you're not a big fan of Huggy. No, um, I, not, not even in the slightest. I don't think his player development's there. Um, and I, and I, are there any more at least? Yeah. So, no, there were, there was a time when he was a, a solid coach. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, to see Cockrell play this year. Yeah, um, averaged four points a game last year. The, con- the, the concerning one is his shooting splits because yeah. he shot 34% from the field at 6'10". Like the, and, like, this is a guy that attempted four and a half field goals per game. One, one of those were threes. So, not no, excuse me. I, I apologize. I have the stats pulled up wrong. Four, yeah, 4.7 field goals per game. And around one and a half of the, those were threes. 34% from the field, 32% from three. 54% from the line. And he only averaged 2.8 rebounds a game, granted in 16 minutes. But, yeah, his, his shooting splits, very poor. Very poor. That, that needs to be corrected. Yeah. I mean, I think that's not just the case you know, for him as well. It's the case for a lot of these guys on UNLV who – can be very inconsistent at times, but that's the beauty of, of college basketball, especially in the mountain West. I mean, most importantly is it's the beauty of the, uh, the chance that all these players are going to have not just Cottrell, but and not, not just um, Parquet, but also Harkless or, or Parquet. Sorry. I don't know how you pronounce it. Sorry. Uh, Harkless or, or, or McCabe. They're going to get the chances to put the ball in the bucket. They're going to get the chances to become solid scores for the rebels and it just comes down to are they going to take it most they're going to take it consistently because anyone can have a big game but you need to have consistent performances if you guys want to make the tournament because that's what's going to have to happen yeah so uh, time to talk about the schedule and david 
There's an interesting one right off the bat for, for you on LV this year. Is there now? November 15th, they're going to host Dayton. Ooh. Mid-day I like that matchup for UNLV, man. Listen, I've been pushing for an A-10 Mountain West Challenge for a, a long time now. Like, th- this, is, yeah. this is something... That seems that, like something that should happen. It's something that should be in place without a doubt. Dayton's a really good team. Way better than UNLV. And that's not a shot at UNLV. That's just how good Dayton is. UNLV gets them at home. Could they steal one? Maybe. Probably mm-hmm. not, but maybe. I, I think they can, yes. Yeah. That, that that's an interesting one. And David, UNLV could be playing your your boys, the Golden Gophers. They could. The uh SoCal Challenge. Yeah, that's what it's called. I'm like, what is that tournament called that we're in? It's somewhere in California. I was thinking the San Francisco Challenge, but that would make no sense at all. No, the SoCal Challenge. Mm-hmm. The early season MTE for UNLV. The field besides UNLV and the uh Minnesota Golden Gophers, where we already mentioned Southern Illinois is a solid team. They're out fine. of the Missouri Valley this year, and then Cal Baptist is yeah. the fourth team. UNLV, I believe the matchups are already out for that. So UNLV is going to play Southern Illinois Good. In, in the first round. <laughs> so it'll be Minnesota versus either Southern Illinois or UNLV. We we, we expect that, yes. Yeah. No offense to Cal Baptist. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And then no Mountain West schedule yet, but the one other interesting non-con that UNLV has is they're going to host San Francisco – who probably won't be close to as good no, this year as they were be. last year. Not they probably. They do get really. back Khalil Shabazz, <laughs> but out of Shabazz, Boye, and Masalski, Shabazz is the only one that comes back. So, And they also lose the most important piece of all. Todd Golden. Todd Golden. Yep. Right. All right. Best case, worst case. Best case, this is the third best team in the Mountain West. I don't think they're touching Wyoming or, or San Diego State, as we mentioned beforehand, but – when those teams go to Vegas, I think UNLV totally has the chance to knock them off. I mean, you got to imagine it's going to be absolutely rowdy in there with the Rebels. And I think that um, if they can get one of those games, including like a big win at, against Dayton, like that, that is your only chance of really, you got to win that one to get like that at-large bid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then if you win your consistent games, you don't have any stupid losses like you did last year to Richard Bertino in New Mexico. You win the games you're supposed to win. Um, maybe grab one of Wyoming, San Diego State, and be consistently the third best team in the Mountain West. You might get an large bid, and I think they they could. What about worst case for you? Yeah, I always I always just do that. I'm not such an optimistic guy that I don't talk about uh, worst case scenarios. Worst case scenarios: Harkless doesn't take the leap, Cottrell doesn't take a leap, um, Donovan Williams doesn't take anything, and McCabe is bad. McCabe. And this team is <laughs> middle of the pack, Mountain West, worse than Colorado State, worse than Boise State, worse than Richard Pitino. All right. Um, best case scenario for me, I think they can be better than Wyoming. I'm not even joking when I when I say wow. that. Um, last year, Torvik, Tor, one of the cool features of Torvik is you can sort – You hate the, Wyoming. You can sort the rankings by the year uh, or by like a certain date. After after the turn of the calendar last year, after we got to the new year last year, UNLV was the 65th best team in the country on Torbic. Wyoming was 76. Wow. So I like listen, Wyoming added pieces too. And like spoiler alert, they're gonna be in selection summer later in the, the summer. Yeah. Wyoming's a good team, even though I don't like them as, as much as a lot of others do. But they they added pieces too. So like and and they kept more than UNLV, yeah. which is why they're ranked higher. But I think yeah. that there is a possibility 
that UNLV can be be the better team. Worst, Wyoming might have the uh, – go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, worst-case scenario for UNLV, like Harkless doesn't mesh, Parquet doesn't mesh, Rodriguez, Cottrell, Cottrell is awful again, and McCabe can't take care of the ball, and they're like the sixth-best team of the conference. Like th- th- this could go really bad, but I, I think – like this, there's. I think they can get get in that large. Maybe like a ten. It would. It would be it, like Wyoming would have to be way worse than everyone expects. But but I do think there is a scenario where UNLV is the second team in a two bid, uh, Mountain West league. Couple things. One, control your dog. I can hear that dog in this background. Yeah, I hope it's not too bad in the recording. But this is brutal. What's yeah. the dog's name again? Wrigley. Wrigley. Yeah, that makes sense. An L, just like the Cubs. Secondly, I want to talk about um, Wyoming quickly because, well, first off, you're not going to hear us talk about Wyoming like in, for another three weeks because they're 21 spots ahead of UNLV in yeah. composite rankings, which they have the big – this has to be the biggest range. I mean, I have them at, I believe, 40. Exactly. No, I'm at 38. You and Sam have them at 44. Oh no! So you and Kyle have them at forty-four. I think Sam has them at thirty. Sam Sam likes them way more than I do. So yeah, Sam has them at thirty. A fourteen-spot difference. That's gonna be that's like the big. That has to be the biggest like range for any team. I mean, yeah. Well, the, I mean, Florida, the only maybe Florida. One you have Florida at like forty-four. Yeah, I mean, the only other one I'm thinking of is Sam has a certain SEC team way higher than I just than said. It. Else. <laughs> I say a certain SEC team, but. Yeah, trying not to give off too many spoilers here. But, yeah, My Sam bad. is very high on the Guys, I got some bad spoilers. Gonzaga is in the top 60. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Wait, wait, Gonzaga's not tomorrow? Gonzaga is not tomorrow, <laughs> believe it or not. Well, they could be. They're in the top 60. So, um, Well, speaking of tomorrow, David, um, there is a big-time program that we're discussing tomorrow. But it is it is not it is not Gonzaga. It's it actually it is a team on closer to the way closer to the other coast than than Gonzaga, and Maine. Like a couple of the earlier programs this week, like like a Georgetown, like a Louisville, they're kind of a sleeping giant at the moment. They 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 they, they do not they aren't in a good situation, but they they could be. They could. Be. Really, I'm not trying to be that guy. You said no spoilers, but you said far out east. Uh, and one of the teams that you said we already done Rutgers, <laughs> so I wonder what team it could be. <laughs> well, Rutgers isn't a big time program. Yeah, neither is Maine. I don't know. I bet there's there's people that listen are listening to this that couldn't figure this out right now. I didn't say the conference, so you said the Big Ten. You I said did. The... yes, I did, did say the Big Ten. I don't yeah, think I, I did. We're going to a Big Ten team, and it's not Gonzaga. And I was like, what in the world? Of course it's not Gonzaga. They're not a Big Ten. Then I was like. Well, it's is it UCLA? You ignored that. It might be UCLA. It could be UCLA. They're out east, so yeah, they are. <laughs> well, they're going to be playing out east now. Yeah, so. I can't wait for the UCLA Rutgers game where it's twenty degrees and they're yeah, outside. I no, I do. By, by the way, real quick, we don't ever talk about college football on here, but let, let me just say this real quick. People are making such a big deal. Oh, UCLA and USC are gonna have to play in this. There's like two Big Ten snow games every single year. There is. They're really like Penn State's get Penn State usually gets like one. Illinois, of course, Michigan, Ohio State the, this year was the, rigged. The only time I remember last year that there was snow was the last week of the regular season when both Michigan and Michigan State were at home and got snow. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, um, I'm sure there was maybe one or two other times, but like the dude, Gophers people, got like, snow dude. at the end of the Wisconsin game when they beat Wisconsin. All right, we're we're ending this because Wrigley's going nuts again. But Wrigley. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. See you tomorrow.